three goals in the third period for the Wolverines. And the five on three is taking advantage of it. And now Connor deflects it by his man. Connor across center ice. Kyle Connor up the left side. In on goal. He shoots and he scores. Kyle Connor up breakaway shorthanded goal. Ties this one up for the Wolverines. 2-2 in the first period. Still a minute 26 to go on the Selman. Because ever since I left the city, you. A left-footed sweet as honey from Riley Woods to head it home perfectly. Past the diving keeper Gerberich, the Wolverines leaving the Niagara Purple Eagles stunned. Late night when you need my love, call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love, I know when Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And uh, yeah, we have a kind of a mini Super Tuesday tomorrow. I'd say the big news breaking today was that uh, Vladimir Putin is announcing that uh, Russia is going to withdraw from Syria with a strange comment that they have. They didn't use the phrase mission accomplished. Hmm. But they said that the mission has been accomplished. Now, that might have been a bad translation. I don't know. But uh, very interesting development because if there's one thing that the American media have been misreporting uh, is what is actually going on in Syria on the ground. And the candidates are not making that any better because most of them are living in some sort of fairy tale land of uh, delusion. And, of course, tomorrow, well, we're going to see what happens. We don't know what's going to happen for sure, but uh, because Florida and Ohio are winner-take-all situations, uh, if Trump wins both of those states, I think that's it. Trump will be the nominee of the Republican Party. But if he loses both, then the race, then Trump has been stopped uh, temporarily. And maybe even permanently within the Republican Party. Then you would have a contested convention and all that stuff. Of course, one potential scenario is contested convention. Trump is not given the nomination and he just blows through the uh, blockade and runs as an independent. Yeah. So the, the Republican vote is so incredibly compromised from the beginning. Um Romney, of course, who a week or two ago uh, had a weekend dismissal of uh, Trump as a phony, etc., has begun appearing with uh, Kasich. Though not endorsing him. Though not endorsing him, which is sort of weird. Uh, He's playing the strategy of the so-called contested convention. And by the way, this gets into the arcane rules of, of what these political parties are all about. And the only problem with a Trump independent run is if he's going to do that, he's got to do it immediately <laughs> because yeah. there are rules about getting on the ballot in many states uh, that would not allow him to even be on the ballot. In fact, one of the interesting things about the Democratic ballot that I just want to make a brief comment about there was that there was a suspicious Hispanic name on the Democratic ballot. Here in Michigan? Yeah, because, see, Michigan had an open primary. 
And this, of course, is why the pollsters got the results a little wrong. There was a lot of crossover voting going on. We'll talk about Michigan's results, I think, next week after I look at Ohio's results. Then we'll know the extent of the crossover voting. It's almost impossible to measure. Is theirs also an open uh, primary? Well, the, the, the thing is there were several issues that hurt Hillary Clinton in Michigan, in my opinion, that the media have ignored. Uh, one is the gun issue, because Bernie did carry a lot of rural counties. And what an open primary allows you to do, doesn't matter what you're registered as, Right. you just request a ballot at the poll. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to show up and vote. <laughs> That's part of the process. Numbers were, of course, very high in Michigan's primary. And and, and the Turnout reason, of good. course, is that we haven't really had a presidential primary of any significance since 1992. That's 24 years mm-hmm. ago. So it's almost impossible to compare Michigan data to something that happened 24 years ago. That's a whole generation. Yeah. People have moved. People have died. Well, Don- the campaigns Trump are now is, campaign, uh, is wearing a toupee, you know. <laughs> Well, and campaigns are now contested via social media. Yeah. And uh, so that's part of Obama's uh, success. Was, yeah. Uh, There's so many changes in the whole system that it's uh, the, the polls are not as reliable. I think people are even lying to pollsters deliberately. Uh, so it's, it's all kind of uh, a horse race game. But I think that the media is egregiously overstating the trade issue. Uh, as to why Bernie won Michigan. But he won Michigan very narrowly, and I'd like to point out they are still counting votes. Hillary is not going to win Michigan. Uh, she's too far behind, but the, the the gap is actually narrowed a bit. But leaving that aside, we'll be able to see in Ohio if uh, the gun issue played a big role. I know the counties of Ohio... Bernie's co- talking more about that than Hillary. Well, the thing is, the NRA has only endorsed... Bernie Sanders. They haven't actually gotten into the Republican primary because the Republicans don't have any disagreement on guns. But Hillary was asked a question in the uh, Detroit debate on Sunday night before the primary. And of course, it's important to realize that even in these polls, 25% of people say they're undecided. Yeah. So people decide at the last second. And that's usually uh, where the error in polling occurs. Also, of course, the polling that I saw in the Detroit Free Press was just simply too small of a sample size to be reliable. But let's face facts. Hillary won Oakland County, Wayne County, Macomb County, Genesee County. She won the big industrial cities. Where Bernie gained on Hillary was Kalamazoo and Washtenaw. And, of course, if you look at the actual, all all the results looking at Ted Cruz... Uh, Ted Cruz did well in the western part of Michigan in the so-called right-to-life belt. And uh, Donald Trump won all the counties in Michigan except for Washtenaw and Kalamazoo. Kasich won those two counties. So that's why the Michigan results are very, very interesting Mm. and may have a connection to the Ohio situation. Now, Kasich, I think, has a much better chance of winning in Ohio than Rubio does in Florida. He's the weak link in all of this. And if Trump wins Florida, uh, it'll be very difficult to deny him the plurality of the delegates going into the convention. 
If Trump loses Florida and loses Ohio, guess what? He may finish fourth tomorrow in the delegates. <laughs> because Missouri and North Carolina, Missouri and uh, Illinois, excuse me, which I, why Illinois is never even being mentioned in this whole coverage of the campaign is absolutely bizarre. Illinois is bigger than Ohio. <laughs> it's got the third biggest metropolitan area in America. Two-thirds of Illinois is connected to Chicago, mm -hmm. either suburbia or the city. Well, Illinois has a very complicated formula. I want to read this. This is bizarre. And this is only on the Republican side. And is there primary also tomorrow? Yeah. On the Republican side, the winner of the state gets 15 of the 69 delegates. And then they give three delegates for each of the 18 congressional districts. So the actual ratio of votes isn't even going to matter. They're breaking that down into congressional districts. Missouri is doing a similar thing. Twelve delegates go to the winner, and they give out five delegates per eight congressional districts. This is the complicated formula that the Republicans have. The Democrats, on the other hand, it's all proportional. So even though Bernie Sanders won Michigan, that doesn't mean anything because the Electoral College has no role in the primaries. The Democrats don't have any rules that give you a bonus for winning the state. Um, it's psychological. But Bernie has only won two primaries, and both of them have been open primaries where there's crossover mm -hmm. voting. So even though Bernie won Michigan... I actually did the math on this. It's, it's, it's astonishing. This is pledged delegates now, not, not uh, super delegates or these officials that may come in at the end. Bernie Sanders gained two-tenths of a 1% in the overall uh, vote total so far in all of the primaries and caucuses. Going into the Michigan-Mississippi situation... Hillary Clinton led Bernie 58.4 to 41.5. Why doesn't that add up to 100%? The remainder are uncommitted. After Michigan, Hillary went down to 58%, and Bernie went to 41.9. So he went up four-tenths of a point. She went down four-tenths of a point. The net gain is only two-tenths of a point because it's like hockey. Remember, over the last week, we've seen the Red Wings. They had three games. In four days. In four days. But because they got an overtime win, they got two points against the Rangers, and the Rangers only got one. But the Rangers are ahead in the standings. Right. So the, the Red Wings didn't gain much in the standings. They only gained one, one point. Well, when they played uh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg is in the other conference, so it doesn't matter that Winnipeg got a point. They're right. not going to be in the playoffs, but the, 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 the Red Wings are competing with the Rangers. So uh, the Winnipeg uh, win helped the Wings get two points, but obviously last night when they lost one to nothing to Toronto, they got zero points. Yep. So in other words, in, out of six games, out of, out of three games, they could have picked up six points. They only picked up four. Well, the four would have been the equivalent 
of one win and two ties, for instance, uh-huh. if you're doing the math. The Toronto loss doesn't hurt the Wings in the standing because Toronto's out of the picture. Unfortunately, though, Pittsburgh does win. Yes. And so they go a point ahead. Right. So a lot of this uh, po- politics is very similar to hockey it go- going down the stretch with these 2 1 or 0. 2 1 or 0. Who are you competing against? Right. And one of the interesting things about the Bernie uh, situation is is how Trump now is 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 is, is attacking Bernie Sanders <laughs> because he sees Bernie Sanders as a rival on these trade uh, arguments. In fact, today Trump said, "I'm going to slap a 35 percent tariff on carrier air conditioning because they just moved jobs to Mexico." So. He, he 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 and he's even mentioned Bernie Sanders. He even accused Bernie Sanders of disrupting one of his rallies. Oh well, he went further than that and actually tweeted or twitted, as I prefer to say, uh, a comment saying, uh, "You're a liar. Uh, you did send people to uh, disrupt my rallies. Uh, maybe I'll send mine to disrupt yours." Right, because apparently at one of the rallies there were some Bernie chants. Now, who was doing that or what it was all about, I don't know. Um, I do think that the problem with the Trump violence at these campaign events, so let's remember this was, unfortunately, a tactic of the Nazis. This is not, I'm not making this up. No, no, this is a... This is a long, long tradition that the Nazis engaged in in the 1920s, the famous beer hall putsch. Mm Mm-hmm. This is nothing new. And, of course, Nixon... A little more than a street gang uh, with political affiliations, the brown shirts and yes. uh, their support for early and, Nazi... And and there's evidence in the Watergate tapes that Nixon uh, encouraged uh, ruffian uh, activity against anti-war protesters in 1969. Not just ruffians, uh, construction workers and yeah. longshoremen, or blue-collar hard hat types. Joe. Yeah. Uh, there was active movement yes. from Nixon's creepsters to incite that kind of violence and in fact one of the uh, construction workers that bashed one of the protesters uh, was actually given a sinecure in the nixon white house in 1969 and now of course trump ups the ante by offering to pay legal defenses you got it for a guy who sucker punched a dude apparently an angry 78 year old man (laughs) white of course um, angry white men. Yeah, I don't know. Bernie Sanders and Trump <laughs> going at it in a in a kind of a grumpy old man. <laughs> and then, of course, where's Nate, Walter Matthau? Yes. <laughs> but then Rubio, Cruz, and uh, and uh, Trump, I think, uh, unfortunately, did not reenact uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly <laughs> in the Florida debate. Uh, that might have been the solution for the RNC. Didn't well, seem to happen. No, but let's see if, uh, like his, uh, those who have uh, bowed out of the race before him, let's see if Rubio ends up endorsing Trump anyway now that Ben Carson has. Yeah, well. For I, what that's worth. Yeah, I don't know. Ben Carson. All 12 is, black Republicans will. Okay. Carson has been lost for many months, and he's still confused. I'm actually convinced this is connected with the book tour uh, that he's on. Uh, Ben Carson has actually sold over a million copies of his uh, autobiography called uh, Gifted Hands. 
<clears throat> Gifted Hands. How interesting a title, given the uh, recent uh, discussions in the Republican debates about hands. <laughs> Show me your hands. We have small hands, we have big hands, and we have gifted hands. Now, whether Ben Carson starts appearing at Trump rallies, I don't know. But after the performance by Trump last week of the Home Shopping Network, we got steaks, we got water. (laughs) He's going to start selling sombreros so that him and Rubio and Cruz can reenact the Three Amigos. (laughs) I mean, this is getting ludicrous. This this gets more surreal every week. And Trump, of course, is at the uh, he's the he's the chorus master of this circus that just continues unabated. And as Paul Krugman notes in today's New York Times, it's no accident the Republicans can't really complain too much because this is the demographic they pursued. This is the kind of candidate they've put forward for several cycles now. Well, yeah, and then you, of course... Romney was somewhat refined, of course, but his agenda was really not that different. Yeah, uh, and of course he he got (laughs) tripped up by a number of uh, problems with his uh, business career Mm -hmm. himself. However, um, Romney's business career was mainly about just outright greed (laughs) and so-called leverage hedge funds and, quote, leverage, uh, Trump seems to be engaged in chicanery. I mean, Trump University, yeah, there's lawsuits pending. Trump stakes, I don't know what those are. Probably when he goes to Wisconsin, we'll discover that they're made out of head cheese. Well, for uh, listeners who are uh, of a certain age, uh, it's interesting to look back and think about, in our own state history, uh, Governor Milliken, a Republican. Yes. Uh, fiscally conservative, socially fairly liberal. Uh, that is a dead species. And the Republican Party has evolved into this weird, snarling, ugly monster that intellectually offers very little to somebody who is, in the sense of uh, Governor Milliken was, uh, a true conservative and what the Republican Party once was about. Well, and the problem, of course, is that Pat Buchanan uh, represents this Ted Cruz wing of the party still. Yeah. Ted Cruz is not going away. The hateful away. Christian. Ted Cruz is uh, effective in the debates. Ted Cruz has smacked down Rubio fairly effectively in the debates uh, with his arguments. Rubio has flip-flopped around and appeared to be... Uh, nervous, sweaty, and unsure of himself, and Rubio's entire political career, I don't think he's finished because he's young enough to make a comeback, but he is temporarily damaged. Cruz, on the other hand, is fighting for the future of of his, quote, Republican Party, his brand. Uh, John Kasich is a very different Republican. He's relatively satisfied uh, probably being the governor of Ohio, but he's been one of the only candidates who's consistently from the beginning attacked Donald Trump gently with arguments. He's the one that raised the absurdity of this. Which is, of course, the correct way yeah, to do it. Gentlemanly. Right. Proper uh, 
debate format. His problem was he got into the race late. Yeah. And he didn't get enough media coverage early on, and he had to work like the Dickens to uh, finish second in New Hampshire with 15% of the vote. But let's face facts. In Michigan, he got 24%. He was in 8% in the polls. So his hard work down the last weekend here in Michigan paid off for him and I think all but eliminated Rubio. I don't know why Rubio has to continue because... Well, he has to see through Florida. Yeah, he has to. But I think one of them will be out of the race after uh, Tuesday night, and the probability that it's Rubio, I think, is pretty pretty strong. Well, the, unless a miracle happens. Well, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, of course. But uh, it, unless the, we get some applesauce, you know, down yeah. in Florida somewhere. Yep. The the, the reincarnation of Antonin Scalia. <laughs> well, it is interesting to note that, of course. Uh, the few wins that Rubio has had, two of which uh, don't really mean anything because I'm there's no delegates from Puerto Rico. Well, there are aren't there? there aren't any. They're not states. <laughs> they're not states. And the District of Columbia, <laughs> which he won. Uh, Ted Cruz's reaction to coming in fourth in D.C. is very interesting and, of course, very telling about his way of uh, posturing and positioning himself as I'm running against D.C. Yeah. So he's proud to come he's in fourth. Proud. In D.C., but of course he's he's conflating Washington D.C. as a construct of evil bureaucracy that the Republicans like to talk about. Washington's you know ruining this country, um, and so ironic that the name of our uh, you know great founding president yes. is is so tarnished in the diminishing of that city. He had big uh, hands, by the way, very sizable hands. He was a Indeed. large man. He was a big guy, big guy. Uh, but uh, Cruz is conflating D.C. as this sort of hateful construct with the actual people who live there. Yeah. Most of whom are black. Well, of course, or, there or are bureaucrats. Or bureaucrats, right. <laughs> uh, but I lived in D.C. for a couple of years. It's a very diverse place. Many of the uh, sort of political elites live just outside of D.C. Sure. Or up in Northwest. But there are four quadrants to D.C., some of which are quite poor. And, of course, D.C. actually has more people living in it than Vermont. Yeah. More people than Wyoming that Ted Cruz uh, did, did win over yeah. the weekend. So uh, that is sort of a strange attitude to take of uh, I'm and it's probably just spin. You know, oh, I'll this is I'll say I'm running against D.C. So, of course, they didn't vote for me. But those were people who voted for him there. Well, sure. And then, of course, in the Detroit debate, or not. Cruz uh, used the opportunity when they discussed the Flint uh, water crisis as well as the Detroit situation to lambast uh, liberalism. Yeah. And, you know, 60 years of failed liberal policies that he claimed played this big role uh the amount of bad history that's going on in this presidential campaign is rather astonishing i mean we had hillary clinton for instance this past week in a moment of quote trying to be gracious to nancy reagan who just passed away make a completely uh foolish and inaccurate comment about nancy reagan disastrous statement and the aids epidemic uh nancy reagan of course became interested in the aids epidemic after Rock Hudson died, that's but, pretty but, well established, right? As well as Ronald, 
but it's what, also Ronnie, as she liked to call him. Ronnie, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting to note that Rock Hudson approached her. They were personal friends uh, before he passed, while he was ill, yeah. urging her as a friend to do something. And of course, the Reagans have a son who's all but openly gay. So the irony of, of is just compounded upon that. But I was shocked and horrified that she said that. I mean, of course, it's, you know, Demortuous Dil Nisi Bonum, uh, say nothing but good of the dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, we made jokes about Scalia down here because that's what we do. We don't really think much of Scalia, uh, but uh, we, we didn't say anything about Nancy Reagan last week. We were saving it for today, and it was good that we did because of this. Uh, I mean, she's going to be scraping this comment off of her shoe for a while yet. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think that the problem with the comment was obviously it was historically inaccurate. Um, her intentions were probably good. But what she forgot was the Reagan administration's response to the AIDS epidemic in 83 and 84. Was to ignore it. And, of course, this was used to demonize uh, groups in America. Uh, let's remember they used to jokingly call this the 4-H club. Haitians, homosexuals, hemophiliacs, heroin addicts. and heroin addicts. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Reagan, of course, uh, contributed mightily to the war on drugs and the whole propaganda. Just say no, Ronnie. And, you know, th these things were not addressed uh, in the aftermath of her passing, but that's understandable. And once again, you know, Hillary Clinton has this very complicated role as, as a historical figure. She's being demonized by Bernie Sanders, I think, a little unfairly regarding these so-called free trade deals. She was first lady. That's the first point. Second point, NAFTA has not uh, contributed to a big net loss of jobs or a big gain of jobs. It's a big zero. We buy oil from Mexico. Uh, if Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders want to slap an oil embargo on the American people, i.e. a tariff, and buy the oil from the Middle East to de make up for the deficit, so be it. But that's not going to solve the trade deficit with Mexico. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can slap uh, tariffs on limes, tequila, um, tomatoes that nobody buys in the stores. Uh, there's, you know, we, we, we get food from Mexico— because it's available in the winter when it's much colder up here in the United States. Um, I buy uh, Chinese broccoli that comes from Mexico. I don't go home and worry about it. That's what the product is. That's where it's, it's grown fresh. Uh, there's, I can't get Guy Lawn in Minnesota in February. It doesn't grow in Minnesota yeah. in February or Iowa, Idaho, or anywhere else in America. Um, so some of this trade stuff, you know, we can talk about more of more of that down the road, maybe pending the results tomorrow. But I think what will be interesting to see for the Democrats is the margin. Can Bernie win Ohio? But let's face it, if he wins Ohio by four points and gets shellacked in Illinois, Missouri and North Carolina and loses in Florida, he's not going to have had a good night. Hillary Clinton has had the best nights on most of these primary nights that we've uh, experienced over the last couple of weeks, with the exception of the New Hampshire primary. Even last week, uh, you know, she, she beat Bernie Sanders four to one, more than four to one in Mississippi. 
I realize that the Democrats are probably not going to carry Mississippi in the general election. But the point is, she won more delegates on last Tuesday night. That's just the rules that the Democratic Party has. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're unfair. But it seems a little contradictory of Bernie to then argue, well, she isn't going to win in the South anyway. And then say, well, I'll take the uh, rural votes of, of the state of Michigan and say that I won Michigan. Well, we don't know for sure why he won Michigan yet. I have my own theories. I think guns is one of them. And I'll have more information on that gun factor after I see the 88 counties in Ohio. Because hmm. I have some expertise on voting trends in Ohio, which is a very interesting state because it has several large urban areas. It has a rural southern uh, hillbilly tradition. It, yeah, it touches on the Appalachians. Yeah. So. And then, of course, I grew up in a college town in southeastern Ohio that uh, turns out to be the only blue dot in a big sea of red. But if I see some Bernie wins in a couple of those rural counties, I will know that he's winning there because of the guns. Warren Zevon had a great uh, song. Of course, his most famous song is... Uh, Werewolves of London. Elton John, by the way, came up with that wow oh. thing <laughs> that uh, made that into a kind of a minor hit rock and roll classic that we hear at Halloween, guaranteed. And he's got another great song called "Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me." Um, I'm sure that that Rubio will be singing that song on <laughs> Wednesday. I thought you were going to go with "Lawyers, Guns, and Money." That's it, "Lawyers, Guns, and Money." It's a great <laughs> song. It's got great lyrics, and my um, uh, take on that little joking joking uh, title of a song is uh, Arabs, Guns, and Money. Bernie spent a lot more money in Michigan, and guess what? Bernie ran advertisements in Dearborn on the Arabic He did Arabic very well station. in Dearborn, yeah. And he did very well in Dearborn. He went after the Arabic vote. Michigan is one of the only states, if not the only state, the Arabic population is not gigantic, but it is a factor. Oh, it's sizable. I think Dearborn is one of the largest uh, yeah. concentrations in the United States of uh, it is. Arab Americans. And, and he carried the Arab American vote uh, for other reasons besides uh, just running advertisements. But it's interesting that he did this. This is probably oh. unprecedented in American history. Um, well, in some ways, I think that's partially a response to uh, Trump's vilification uh, of of Muslims. Yeah. Um, okay, we are out of time. Uh, thanks to Andrew for engineering. Uh, do stay tuned. Yazoo City calling is coming up next. Our clocks, of course, are I was looking at the wrong clock. <laughs> trouble because of daylight savings and all that. But uh, don't forget that uh, tomorrow is the opening night for the Ann Arbor Film Festival. It's six days of experimental film, animation, documentaries, and uh, wonders to uh, dazzle your eye. Uh, if you can't make it to the whole thing, at least try to make part of it. Um, there's a lot of great stuff to be seen there. You got it. Yazoo City Calling coming up next. And we are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hey. Hey, is this thing on? 
Are we rolling? Are we on? We on. Hello, one, two, three, four. We on? We're rolling? All right. Hey. Well, then what's going on, you freaking pencil neck?